Hey everyone, welcome to Sports and Shorts of Sorts, <laughs> episode 13. We're back. Day late here, was out of town, so my bad. But uh, yeah, it was a good weekend. Got a little color, you can see I'm a little red, Lobster Boy's coming back. But <laughs> yeah, let's do this, episode 13, thanks for coming. We'll start like we always do, with the jerseys. And, like, 13's a pretty pretty big number in my family. Like, it was my Oma's birthday. I have all these 13's tattooed on my left shin. I don't know. It was a Friday the 13th deal, the first one. And we kind of went from there. But, uh, yeah, it's a pretty big number. And uh, you can't get bigger than Wilt Chamberlain. He wore 13, and he is he's a mythical beast, that guy. Like... You'd think two NBA championships. It's kind of weird how he's only got two. We'll get to more of that. But, yeah, he won one with the 76ers and one with the Lakers. Four-time MVPs. One-time MVP of the finals. And, like like I said, he has tons of records. Some that will probably never be broken. Like the 100-point game. Some people have come close. Kobe Bryant got 81. You had a few players get 70 over the past few years. You had Devin Booker get 70 in that terrible loss where he's just gunning for it. And you had Donovan Mitchell go for 70, over 70 in a win. Excuse me. So that's, uh, yeah, it, they've come close, but nothing really close to 100. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the big thing with Wilt, though, like he was always going up against Russell. And Russell... You really own them, really. The Celtics own those all of Russell's teams. So, other than that one, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's also a Hollywood figure, right? Using Conan the Destroyer with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you can't forget his claim to have bedded to bed, sorry, twenty thousand women back when that was an interview point in the in those days. But yeah, it's more of a myth following this guy than anything and like they said what Shaq when he shook hands with Shaq like he no one gets a bigger grip on Shaquille O'Neal but when Wilt met him yeah it's it's crazy but there's also the weird side of Wilt like one record he never fouled out of a game and they'd say when games were close and he was on the edge of fouling out like, you know, we alter our game a bit. You don't want to foul out. But he took it to a next level. Like, he'd almost want to come out of the game. They even brought it up in this book. I even have it next to me showing it off. The big, the book of basketball by Bill Simmons. Really good stuff on there. He ranks the players according to him. But uh, the parts about Wilt were really cool and I never knew about. And, yeah, Wilt Chamberlain, one of the biggest literal figures in the NBA He's passed, so R.I.P. Wilt, but really cool stories following that guy. But there have been other greats to wear the number 13 in basketball, like Canadian Steve Nash, right? MVP, what, what? And uh, except, you know, those years as a Laker, he didn't wear it, but uh, we'll forget about those. James Harden rocked 13, except for, you know, his time in Philly, which could be coming to an end. Um, some current guys that rock 13, you got Paul George, PG-13. He did rock 24 in his early years. That's jersey I have as well. Jaron Jackson Jr., Jalen Bronson, and Bam Adebayo, who's been playing pretty good in these finals. So some good 13s there. In the NFL, there's some really good quarterbacks, and like two of them were real big favorites of my dad. So 
the one you got to think of, Dan Marino with Miami, and the other one, Kurt Warner, St. Louis, Arizona. He bounced around a bit, but St. Louis is where he won his Super Bowl. They even made a fucking movie about it, American Underdog. I haven't watched it and heard terrible reviews, but yeah, pretty good. You got the Cardinals to the Super Bowl, right? So a lot of other 13s are more on the receiver side. Odell Beckham Jr., Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen. So pretty good players. And when you go to the Diamond, you have probably one of the most important figures in baseball history, Roberto Clemente. 15-time All-Star, 12-time Gold Glove winner, excuse me, four-time NL batting champion, two-time World Series champion, all with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Legend, like from Puerto Rico, first Caribbean, first Latin American to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Like it was posthumously, I always mess that word up, damn son, but (laughs) it was after he passed (laughs) that, so unfortunately he couldn't be there to see the Hall of Fame. But, uh, man, big shout-out to him. A lot of people's favorite player to this day. Just a legend. And, uh, yeah, I guess even though he wore three in Seattle and Texas, I got to mention A-Rod. He wore it as a Yankee, so that's pretty big. And from there to the hockey rink, and then, like, some really good players wore 13, like Pavel Datsuk. Everybody remembers him with Detroit on both sides of the ice. Just great player. Timo Solani, Gold Machine, Matt Sundin, Toronto Maple Leafs legend, and uh, footy, I couldn't think of many. The only one I thought of was Michael Ballack. My dad really liked Ballack, liked cheering for him with the German team, but uh, didn't like him so much when he played for Chelsea. But, yeah, Ballack was something else. It does seem weird that he he never was part of a World Cup winning team, but, yeah, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, but... Yeah, those were some jerseys. I know Wilt hogged a lot of it, but that's what Wilt does. <laughs> Speaking of Wilt, we'll go to the NBA, right? The finals have been going on. I had my little finals preview, which is still looking like it could come to fruition when I did that episode in midweek. But, uh, yeah, the Nuggets look great in game one, right? They came out, and they, they looked like the number one seed. Uh, they didn't look too rusty. <laughs> The Heat, Bam played well. Bam was hitting shots. He never really hit against Boston, but he was looking really good on the offensive side. You know, they didn't get to the line at all. Their line numbers were pretty low, which was brought up. But, uh, yeah, they did their thing. Jokic, another triple-double. Miami did a little bit of a run late, but not much. The others, as Shaq called them, just didn't show up. You had Struess. Every shot was, yeah, was way off. Me and my buddy, we were watching the game. We were counting them out like the count on Sesame Street. He kept he kept chucking them. I'll give him that. He never wavered. And even Jimmy Butler after the game said, I hope he keeps shooting. And he was glad he did because game two rolled around Sunday. The Heat came out looking like they did in the fourth when they had that little run in game one. They figured something out, you know, putting Jokic in some pick and rolls, making them little work a little differently defensively and that seemed to work in the beginning but then the nuggets went on this crazy run like just madness at least max Struess was hitting shots for the heat so it was good just keep shooting that's what you do as a shooter and once you see one go in that rim you know gets bigger and bigger until you're chucking into an ocean but yeah Jokic went on a crazy tear lighting it up scoring at will like oh my goodness they couldn't do anything to stop him but that did keep his assists low, you know, so none of the other guys were lighting it up. 
And it like after this huge run, you're like, okay, Nuggets are gonna take this 2-0. We're going to South Beach, but fourth quarter, damn, they came around. Jimmy Neutron, Duncan Robinson, like he started like of ten quick points. Points he was mean mugging. He looked like the Tyler Hero had channeled him and started smugging the people. Just it was smug looking. It was <laughs> it was something else. But that kind of kick started the heat. Like Reggie Miller said in all those TNT coverages, if you keep them close, if you keep them close, Jimmy Butler and the Heat will take you out. And that's exactly what they did. Jamal Murray had a chance to tie it at the buzzer, but it rimmed out. And that whole fourth quarter, like nothing was telling you the Nuggets were going to take this run and win the game, you know. They were taking this punch from the Heat, and they were just taking it. Michael Malone lost his mind after the game. Like, why do you need fucking motivation this is the finals like leave it on the floor so shit yo the heat steal one we go back to miami or go to miami series tied at one this is a whole deal yo i did say it if in the preview i mentioned i did have the nuggets winning in six and this is you know this isn't gonna be a sweep like i said keep those keep those brooms in the closet we would not need them this round but yeah, that's uh, like I said, the game three will be Wednesday. So, uh, other news in the NBA: Nick Nurse, former Raptors coach, he's off to Philadelphia to coach Embiid. We'll see how those guys that butt heads will get along. And uh, Monty Williams going to the Pistons. I really like that for the Pistons. They're a young, hungry team. They got some good lottery picks on there. I, they just need the right guidance. And Monty Williams did great things when he went to Phoenix there, but. I know expectations grew as their win total did. And, you know, getting that threesome of CP3, Durant, and Booker, you're supposed to win the title, but they didn't have a lot of time. I don't I don't know. Monty Williams, I think he's going to do great things in Detroit. So, And where Monty left, Phoenix, they got his replacement, Frank Vogel, who won the title with the Lakers in the bubble. I ha- it should be a good signing, you know. Like, it'd be nice to see what he can do with this team. But, uh and I already heard David Fisdale will be an assistant on that bench. So, yeah, you know, the rotating door of coaches has continued to rotate. We'll see what happens. <laughs> and the other big news was Bob Myers, the architect of the Golden State Warriors. He stepped down with a year remaining on his contract. He was, you know, part of those four NBA title teams. And, <clears throat> excuse me, his, his contract is supposed to expire June 30th, but... uh yeah, he was hired as assistant general manager, worked his way up, helped, you know, bring Durant in, deal with Durant leaving, handle all that. But, you know, we have contracts coming up. What's going to happen with Draymond Green? He can opt out. He's good buddies with that. Is this the end of the Warriors dynasty as we speak? Or, I don't know. They're saying Mike Dunleavy Jr. can step in and fill the role. He was already kind of doing it on the, you know, helping out. But that's huge. We'll see what happens to the Warriors with this could be the disbanding. We don't know. As I said, we should see. But uh, from the court to the rink, uh, Stanley Cup Finals. Whoop, whoop. We had Panthers are coming in hot, right? Yikes. Looks like they've gone to Vegas, you know, with a full paycheck. And Vegas is uh, kind of sticking it to them. I don't know how much money they're going to have when they go home. But uh, game one was looking okay, right? Yep, tied going into the third. And then... Vegas turned it up, turned up the heat as Vegas does, and they won that game 5-2. Going into game two, you're like, okay, the Panthers will come back, and uh, 
They did not. They went down 4-0. Bobrovsky, oh, he was off the case. He had to hand in his gun and his badge and go to the side because he was yanked. But, uh, yeah, that game ended up being, oof, was it 7-2? It was not good. And the big part of that game was Jack Eichel. He got crushed. Matthew Kachuk laid him out. Eichel had his head down, and he looked up, and he he saw the train coming, and, and then he kind of, like, he gave up, and I don't know. He It was a weird-looking play, and he got leveled. And this guy's got terrible injury history with his neck. He's the first NHL player to get an artificial disc replacement. And, like, he was looking okay, but this hit, oh, the way he was acting, it didn't look great. And that's a scary spot to be injured, so hopefully he's okay. I've already read people want to suspend Kachuk. I don't... I don't know. I don't know about that. Like, Eichel's head was down. He was entering the troubled waters. And, like, he noticed last second, like, shit. And then it was weird. Like I said, it's like he noticed it was coming, tried to bail out of it, and, like, this train just laid him out. So I hope he's okay. <coughs> Jeez, excuse me. I hope Kachuk is not suspended. And uh, we'll see if Florida can turn something around when they go home down 0-2, but yikes, we'll see what happens in the Stanley Cup Finals, but F1 was back, and uh, we were in Spain for the Spanish GP. Don't know if you've heard this before. Max Verstappen stays in first, and he just stays there, wins the race. <laughs> Finished like 24 seconds ahead of the next guy, which happened to be Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes. His teammate George Russell finished behind him. A nice 2-3 podium for Mercedes. But, yeah, not the not the very, you know. There is some action in the lower ranks, but Verstappen just ran away with it. There's not much you could do. Hopefully, I don't know, something else happens in the season. His biggest rival, his teammate Sergio Perez, came in fourth, which is pretty good. He had a fucking awful, awful qualifying, so... To finish fourth, that's good. Red Bull's still running away with the points. You know, Mercedes is in second now. They passed Aston Martin with their kind of disappointing display. Probably Fernando Alonso's worst race of the year, but yeah, we'll see what happens. June 18th, Father's Day. I'll be doing a very special episode for that holiday to honor my pops, but uh, it's also my buddy Eric's birthday on June 18th. Shout out to Eric. Father's Day will be big for him. Him and his lady just had uh, their baby, so congrats again on that. But, uh, yeah, we'll jump from uh, the racetrack to the soccer pitch. And Europa League happened midweek in uh, Budapest. It was Roma and Sevilla, the Europa League, like, machines. And uh, Roma went up, won nothing, led in the halftime. Sevilla tied it up. Went to extra time, nothing really happened. Went to penalties. Surprise, surprise, Seville wins. <coughs> Jeez, excuse me, I have to have a sip of my drink here. My bad. Oh, a little bit of a dry throat there. But yeah, Sevilla, like I said, there something about them in the Europa League. This is they're seven and oh in Europa League finals. All they do is win. It's Europa Leagues, I guess. Maybe they'll get a Champions League one day, but for now they're they run in that Europa League show. And we'll stick with Europa Conference League because West Ham, my boys, are playing Fiorentina this upcoming Wednesday. 
So, like, ASAP Rocky here. And uh, we're playing, like I said, Fiorentina in Prague, one of my favorite cities. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. We haven't had the best year, so it would be nice to, you know, win a European trophy. I've never seen that in my, I don't know, watching a footy. <laughs> but uh, I mentioned Nolsey in another podcast. Nolsey is going to the final. He's got tickets. He'll be in Prague. Hopefully he doesn't need to stand up and fight people off again. I'm not thinking that'll happen. But shout out to Nolsey. He'll be at the game. Hopefully West Ham can get a great win. This could be possibly Declan Rice's last game in a West Ham jersey. That pains me to say, but hopefully we get the win. Come on, you irons. Come on, West Ham. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there was the FA Cup final on the weekend. You had a Manchester derby for the final, and, uh, yeah, Man City started the game pretty insane, I'd say. 12 seconds in, I'd say. <laughs> Amazing goal by Gundogan. Like, wow, I forgot what time the game started, so, yeah, I missed that goal, of course. But Man U tied it up, thanks to a penalty. But, uh, yeah, Gundogan scored another great goal in the second half, and Man City won. Held on the win, 2-1, seventh FA Cup. Citizens now have part two of the treble complete. They've won the league and they've won the FA title, or the FA Cup, sorry. And now they have to win the Champions League. That takes place June 10th, Saturday, against Inter Milan. Whew, that'll be a dandy. Going for the treble. The first team since Manchester United. Manchester United had the chance to end this treble talk. But no, treble talk strong. We, we're looking at a possible treble. The only team will be... Yeah, Manchester United, Manchester City. David Beckham has already come out and said, yeah, it's cool, other people can do it, but we were the first. So, yeah, real real mature backs there. <laughs> but, yeah, a lot of the season's wrapped up. You guys won't have to hear me talk about soccer very much if you don't like soccer, but uh, for those that do, this is the little last bit of wrap-up. Uh, Ligue 1 in the French League, that wrapped up. All the uh, Paris Saint-Germain players wore Sergio Rico's name on the back. He's the backup keeper for the club, and he's been hospitalized and suffering a head injury while horse riding. Terrifies me. I still haven't horse ridden, and I'd like to do it yet, but the head injuries from horse riding, it's scary in you. Oh. But anyway, we don't need to get in my insecurities of being on a horse, but I will do it yet. That's a goal, but yeah, hopefully uh, this backup keeper, Sergio Rico, is okay. Like I said, they all honored him by wearing uh, jerseys on the back. When they were getting the trophy, they held up a jersey for him, so... Hope he recovers, because, yeah, that's scary. But, uh, yeah, like I said, PSG were already champions before this game. But uh, biggest news surrounding the club, living legend, Lionel Messi, they've announced he's leaving at the end of the season. You know, his PSG run wasn't anything too crazy. They kept winning titles, but that's all they do is win titles, really, in France. But uh, tons of talks. Where is he going next? People want him to go back to Barcelona. They said his dad wants him to go back to Barcelona. There were issues with taxes in Spain, so I don't know. And, like, Barcelona is in financial turmoil and whatnot. So we'll we'll see what happens. But big talk right now is saying the Saudi League might be the ones to snag the Argentine. But I don't know. Karim Benzema is already signed to a Saudi team, I guess. He's leaving Real Madrid. He's getting up there in age. But they're going to the same league Cristiano Ronaldo joined. So, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there, but... With PSG's win, they join Lens in the Champions League next year. Marseille, Rennes, and Lille will have the remaining European spots. And in dramatic days, uh, Nantes beat Angers, and Auxerre lost to Lens. 
which keeps Nance in the league while relegating Ox there. So bummer to them. But yeah, and the Serie A came to a close as well in Italy. And it's weird, like I've mentioned how a lot of other leagues, they play the exact same time, you know, there's no con- corruption, nothing. And it's weird, in Italy they don't. And like, there's that's the one league where there's been corruption and stuff. So I found it odd that they didn't play all their fixtures the last... Last game of the season, last game of the year. I'm surprised they didn't play them all at the same time, like other leagues. It took me like ten minutes to say that, but that still surprised me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and like we already knew what was going to happen, right? Napoli had that wrapped up. There were a few jostling spots for European play, and Lazio, Inter, and AC Milan are all joining Napoli in Champions League. Atalanta, Roma, and Juventus get the other spots. It's pretty crazy Juventus got that spot considering they're. 10 points they were deducted earlier in the season for that completed investigation about the wrongdoings with the transfers they were doing but they they're gonna play some european footy it's conference league but as a west ham fan i am emphasizing how big of a competition that is and it's the weirdness happened i mentioned it in a prior podcast that if two teams in that last relegation spot were tied they'd have a playoff and that's what we got uh, we know Sampdoria and Cremonese, they're relegated, but Spezia and Verona, they're tied. So we have a fixture going on Saturday, June 10th. Winner, you're staying up. Loser, you're going down. So pretty cool excitement in the Serie A. Biggest excitement out of all the Euro Leagues. Like, <laughs> I said how last, last week the Bundesliga had one of the wildest endings, and it did, but the Belgian Pro League said, hold my beer. <laughs> The span of 20 minutes, the title changed hands like three times. Union St. Gilos, I always mess that one up. But anyway, they went up in the 46th minute against Club Bruges. So they're in first place, right? 75th minute of that game, of their, of a different game, Genk took a lead against Royal Antwerp. So they're one point behind USG, Union St. Gilos. I'm just going to call them USG so I don't butcher the name. In the 89th minute, USG gave up a goal to Club Bruges. And then Club Bruges got another goal in the 93rd minute. So at this moment, the title swayed. USG's dropped. Genk, they now have the title. The 94th minute comes. Toby Alderworld playing for his homeboy team. This is where he was. He grew up cheering for this team. He scored the 94th minute. Tying the game. Putting Genk. Or, sorry. Putting Royal Antwerp above Genk. Getting them the title. Like, are you serious? So, it went from USG to Genk to fucking Royal Antwerp in the span of four-ish minutes. But it changed hands. Like, what the fuck is happening there? That's how you end a season. You t- <laughs> a nicely wrapped Belgian chocolate season. Wow. Crazy. Congrats to Royal Antwerp. Their first... First championship since 1957. Wow. <laughs> the last league to wrap up was the Spanish one, and there really wasn't much excitement there. Barcelona's had it wrapped up. Not much to be really talked about there, other than Atletico and Real Sociedad join Real Madrid and Barcelona. Or, sorry, Real Madrid and Atletico and Real Sociedad join Barcelona in Champions League play, while Villarreal, Real Betis, and Osasuna play the other leagues. Elche, Espanol, and Valladolid will be relegated. It's a bummer for Kyle Lahren, the Canadian. He was on load to Valladolid, and couldn't really help them get out of that spot. So he'll be returning back to his club in the Belgian League. But uh, 
yeah, the biggest news in Spanish football, like I mentioned, uh, Barcelona. They played their last game in Camp Nou a few weeks ago before a partial demolition renovation starts. They'll be playing in a stadium across the city. But yeah, 1.5 billion euros this renovation rebuild will be. And they've been playing there since 57. So means a lot to the Catalan area. You know, a lot of people are worried because the, the financial turmoil Barcelona's had. They said this place will be ready November 29th, 2024. A lot of people are like, I do not see that happening. So <laughs> we shall see, I guess. That uh, seems to be the theme of the episode. We shall see. But uh, yeah, French Open has been in full swing. Uh, my hopes, my Canadian hope picks, they died early. Shapovalov, uh, I don't know. I should have looked at the draw better. I didn't realize how soon he'd be playing. Carlos Alcaraz, the number one seed, but Alcaraz whooped him in straight sets, and he's looked great. He's carried the torch for the, you know, his injured Spanish compatriot, uh, Rafael Nadal. So Alcaraz takes on Sitsipas in the quarterfinals, and Djokovic takes on Kachanov in another quarterfinal. It seems like those guys are destined to play each other, but I don't know. Tournament, anything can happen. <laughs> I pick on the women's side. Leila Fernandez, yeah, ousted in the second round. Yikes, by Clara Tossen of Denmark. So that didn't go too well. But one of the cool stories is 192nd ranked Alina Svitolina. She just had a baby in October to, with uh, tennis professional Gail Monfi. He's, uh, he's already been knocked out of this tournament, but he's been in there cheering his wife on each time, so... That's been really cool to see. Her quarterfinal, she plays against uh, Savalanka next. So, Savalanka's two in the world. That'll be a tough battle. And right now, Svetlina's ranked 192. Because obviously, she took some time off. But I'm hoping she does well. So, French Open's been pretty exciting. So, a lot of the bigger names people don't always know. But this has been a coming out party again for Alcaraz. And we'll see what happened with Djokovic. Add another Grand Slam to his massive total. We'll see. <laughs> we'll quickly uh, jump to the diamond to talk about the, the Jays. They had some pretty wild games. Uh, a little bit of a rocky start as, you know, Kikuchi didn't come out the best way, but giving up a home run the start, but they really turned it around, and, you know, the Jays would win that one. Game two, they sent Manoa out against the Brewers, and, man, did he struggle. He only went four innings. Brewers won that. Jays came out in the rubber match, did what they need to do. Gosman looked great, 11 strikeouts. So they did, They won that one, winning two of two out of three against Milwaukee, which was pretty nice. And then they'd go to the Big Apple to play the Mets. And, you know, they did pretty well. Bassett, he came out and pitched. He knew he'd be having, like, his wife would be going to the labor at any time. So, But he came out, went seven, seven, two, seven point two 7.2 innings, you know, striking people out along the way. Did an amazing job, and then as they pulled him out, he was high-fiving people as he was getting home. They get onto a plane, they go visit, spend time with his wife, and I guess they have had the baby, so congratulations to Chris Bassett. His, yeah, he's been playing playing pretty lights out, and now he's a new father, so that's awesome. The Jays continued to play pretty awesome against the Mets, taking the next two games, and they'd sweep the Mets in this three-game stand, you know, winning five out of six in interleague. And then they'd uh, take on the Astros in a three-game series back in Toronto. And, uh, you know, they were feeling pretty good after that last 
sweep of the Mets and send Manoa out. Hopefully he can bounce back. And man, bounce back, he did not. <laughs> Giving up six runs and seven hits and .1 innings played. That's right, he got one out. Play, faced nine batters, but man, another terrible performance. My buddy Joel, a few weeks ago, was like, man, you got to send this guy to assignment. And like, I don't know, they're talking about doing it now. Like, I think he needs to now as well. Like, I know you don't want to send the guy down, but his play has been so damn awful. Like, what do you want? <laughs> but... Yeah, the Jays have had a little bit of a run minus that Astros beat down, and that's got them out of the AL East basement. The Red Sox reside that little spot right now, but Rays are still leading the MLB, leading the AL. And then the NL, you have the Braves, slight percentage points ahead of the Diamondbacks and Dodgers. So baseball, you know, we're getting in the days of summer where baseball is going to be king, I guess. Uh, you see CFL preseason wrapping up soon, so... We'll have the little more rider talk on here, see if we can get some people to speak more riders. I haven't watched much CFL the last few years, but there's so many people around with so much great knowledge. I just want it all. Bring it on. Throw it out there. Tell the world. The interweb, I, it's still kicking, I guess. So let's spread that shit. But, yeah, we'll go from uh, our sports to our shorts of sorts. I didn't know which one to go with for this, but... Uh, I thought I'd go to this one. I feel like a lot of people know this story. I've used it on radio stations, you know, to win contests. Because like I've mentioned in a prior podcast, I am a contest whore. But, uh, yeah, I like this one. It's one that makes me smile. And it features a funny part of my dad. And as, as we're building up the Father's Day, you'll notice maybe I've mentioned him a bunch. But, yeah, since he's passed, it's kind of a, it's a weird one for me. But we'll... We'll get there as the days build, but we'll start with this short for now. And uh, once I open this line, you'll probably know where I'm going with it. But uh, it all goes back to the movie Old School. <laughs> Still to this day, one of my favorite movies. There's a classic scene where Will Ferrell's character, Frank the Tank, he's consumed way too much alcohol. Instead of, you know, prepping for a big day, a bed, bath, and beyond, you know, yeah, who's doing this? But anyway, <laughs> beer bong, everything. Snoop Dogg's doing a sweet performance out there. A very naked Frank the Tank sta takes the stage and asks everyone to join him, streaking through the quads into the gymnasium. We all know the scene. We love it. And after having some of our own drinky poos, a group of us went to a local park to drink a little more, you know, in a public area. So as we're drinking atop uh, Diamond Hill, shout out to Diamond Hill, Mormon, I guess, uh, I suddenly get the idea, I want to go streaking. Nobody else does. They're like, what? No quads, no gymnasiums, just some jiggly ginger in the middle of the night that is like, I'm doing this. And before anyone could really say anything, boom, clothes are off, my shoes are on, and I'm running. Well, jogging, I guess. Holding my clothes like a football, heading down 6th Avenue in Mormon few minutes in this new run, I'm kind of like, what the fuck am I doing? But I ain't no quitter. <laughs> so I keep pretty good pace around the crescent, get back on the fourth, heading straight to my imaginary finish, which is the Diamond Park. And uh, I can see it. I'm coming. And then I hear a whoop whoop. Get a spotlight shining on me. Looks like the police were on my tail. God knows what that radio call was. But, uh, yeah, to paint a disgusting but accurate picture, 
I had a large mane of red hair hovering around that 300 pound mark. White ass as reflective as a full moon over the ocean and jiggly as a mountain of jello. Now, I can only imagine what the police officer thought what she was driving up to. But after that chirp, that whoop whoop, I went into the shrub and tried to hide, you know, being pastely white in the dark behind a bush. But anyway, I could hear the officer coming. <laughs> she went one way around the shrub, and I moved in the same direction she was moving. I could see her. I don't know how she couldn't see. She probably couldn't see me. But we had a situation where she was moving and I was moving, kind of trying to keep the same pace. I just got my boxers up in this process because I was naked and I didn't want to be caught totally naked. <laughs> and, uh, they were backwards, but they were on. And then she just kind of stopped and I kept moving. And she went the other way, aimed her flashlight, uncovering the whitest Sasquatch known to man. And uh, yeah, the group kind of ran away that I was with. One of my buddies on the park bench just laughing his ass off. And I'm ushered into the back seat of the cruiser. And remember, I'm just in my fucking underwear. We're on backwards. But uh, I'm sitting there and I'm getting questioned mostly like, what the hell are you doing running around town naked? And like, I don't know, I'm 19. I'm like, I, uh, I had some drinks. I don't know. I had some drinks. And I said, I was living with my parents. So they drove me home. They got my jeans on by the time we got to the door. She walks me up to the house, told me to go wake my parents. I go, you know, I walk up the stairs, walk in my parents' room. I sheepishly, like, knock on the door before. And I'm like, yeah, can you guys come to the door? There's a cop here. And then my mom's like, I can hear her going, oh, no. And my dad emerges, comes to the door. <laughs> the cop greets him. Like, we found your son running naked around Warman. Issued a pub, uh, I issued him a drunken public ticket. My dad just looks at me, shakes his head. <laughs> and the officer leaves. My dad's like, just go to bed. The next day I woke up, come upstairs, didn't know what to expect. And uh, my dad's like, hey, look who decided to wear clothes this morning. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, damn it. Well, at least he took it pretty well. But, uh, yeah, it was a story we talk about lots. And... I don't know, it's a celebration of life. I didn't really know what to say, so I, I use that story. But, yeah, I guess uh probably shouldn't run around naked. It's frowned upon, you know. Maybe if I had a nicer figure, the cop would have been more lenient. But I'm not saying she was fat-shaming, but <laughs> that's that. But uh before I close this one off, I just got to do one last mention. Like, it's June. It's Pride Month, you know, and I know... Even just saying that, I could hear a lot of people like, Rick Hoyle, like, what? But guys, you know, it's just a rainbow. It's just, these are people just trying to live and do their thing. I don't, if you don't understand why, you know, that's, you know, you don't understand why people would be interested in different sexual orientation. That's, it's okay. You don't need to understand everything, but just don't push hate. If people are different, just accept them for who they are, you know, accepting two or three people in your life that, might, you know, they might make you feel weird or something, just accept them, you know, for who they are, because, you know, we don't need people killing themselves, because, you know, they think there's something wrong with them, you know, people are different, we're all different, let's just accept each other for who we are, and that's that, that's my take on that, right, don't push hate, just spread love, I'm not trying to do any hippie talk or anything, but, 
straight up, there's so much goddamn hate. Just throw a few love, love chants out there. Let's get this done. Stop making people feel like they're shit. You know, we're all human. You know, people can go off the ginger train totally, totally unrelated, you know. But, you know, just, I don't know, stop hating people for being themselves straight up. <laughs> and that's it, you know. This is a podcast about sports and the shorts of sorts. We went a little off the sort train, but just had to preach some love, y'all. But thanks for coming along for the ride. Episode 13 is in the books, baby. Ren City out.